When did the LDS Church really give up polygamy? 
Now, a few years ago, they sent out a news release asking media to include a particular disclaimer when reporting on polygamist activities. And most media does. Most every mm -hmm. article, whether it's news, radio, uh, TV, or newspaper, they most of them respectful. do. And, and their disclaimer most often includes the statement that in 1890, the LDS Church abandoned polygamy and that they excommunicate members who do enter into polygamy. For example, one news article disclaimer says this. The polygamous sect separated from Mormonism in 1890 after the church renounced polygamy. Notice the word renounced right. polygamy. Another newspaper article says this. The Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints broke away from the Mormon Church in the 1930s after the latter banned polygamy. The Mormon Church outlawed polygamy in 1890. The FLDS was later founded by former Mormons who had been excommunicated for continuing to practice polygamy after the 1890 ban. The sect's founder believed polygamy was a core principle in the teachings of Mormonism founder Joseph Smith. Okay, now there's a lot of that statement that we could dissect, which we're not going to do right now. But again, they say that the polygamy was outlawed right. in 1890. And we have one more, one more quote. from another news source. The FLDS has approximately 10,000 members total and was founded in the 1930s. It split from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the LDS Church, after the LDS Church abandoned the practice of polygamy in, again, 1890. So they use 1890 in all of these disclaimers, right. saying this outlawed or abandoned and, and, and disallowed and so on. But the trouble with their disclaimer statements is that the LDS Church did not abandon the practice of polygamy in 1890. They did not begin to excommunicate uh, the LDS church members for polygamy until at least 1904 and even later. They did do some mock excommunications, but the member was soon restored into full fellowship, and this was the kind of a behind-the-scenes yeah. agreement that they made. LDS church leaders continued the practice of plural marriage long after 1890 when they said they supposedly officially ended it. But by their own admission, the LDS Church continues to believe in polygamy. Yep. They have just temporarily set it aside and fully expect to live it again at some point in the future. Near future or far future depends on what happens, I guess. Now, in 1891, which is one year after their manifesto that they claim right. to ban polygamy, Wilford Woodruff, president of the LDS Church, and the one who issued the manifesto, lied under oath when he claimed polygamy had ended when he knew it had not. Other leaders not only lied about ending polygamy, but themselves continued living polygamy and having children with their plural wives, including Wilford Woodruff. Yeah, I didn't know any of this. <laughs> Even after 1904, many members of the LDS Church continued their polygamous relationships until the death of a wife or wives or husband. In fact, the first non-polygamous man who became president of the LDS Church was George Albert Smith in 1945. That's 55 years after the manifesto. Now, something's wrong when a church lies and then lies even more to cover up their previous lies. We have a quote about that from IRR.org. Yeah, this is so good. The impression that some Mormons try to create that polygamy was practiced for only a very short period of their religion's history is inaccurate. Furthermore, the fact that 
the LDS church leaders at the end of the 19th century claimed to have ended the practice, while in fact continuing it again raises valid questions about the religion's claim to be led by true prophets of God. It is clear that the LDS church ended polygamy for pragmatic reasons, not because of any new revelation. Essentially, the United States federal government forced the LDS church to comply with anti-polygamy laws. After decades of deception and defiance, the LDS leadership very reluctantly acceded to the government because, as Woodruff admitted in the manifesto, they were afraid of losing their properties and being thrown in jail. In short, the Mormons did not admit to practicing polygamy until they were caught, and they did not stop the practice until they were forced to do so. This is not the track record of a religion led by true prophets. And that is so good. It, mm -hmm. it, it just puts so it all together yeah. so nicely. There's an abundance of documentation showing that LDS church leaders performed and practiced plural marriage after 1890 and also after 1904. Now, we're going to present some of that documentation today, and we're doing this because we want the public to know, as one ex-member recently said, you just cannot trust the LDS Church to be honest about their own history. That's so true. And current polygamists should remember that Jesus said lies come from the devil. How can God sanction polygamy when he is commanded against it? Anyone in polygamy can safely reject it, without suffering God's judgment for doing so. So let's begin with Wilford Woodruff, the LDS president who issued the manifesto. We quote. Ultimately, it was retrospectively approved very grudgingly by the Twelve. The manifesto was presented to the church at General Conference on 6 October 1890, accepted and canonized as if it really was a, revela a revelation. Once again, church leaders lied to members. Most of the apostles took little, if any, notice of the manifesto on a personal basis, that it certainly was not revelation which the general authorities either approved or intended to obey is identified in, in part by the fact that it was published in the absence of most of the apostles who would have opposed it, just as they had previously, had they been in attendance at the meeting. Evidence that it is, was not revelation also conclusively rests in all the approved general authority marriages that took place after the manifesto, including, believe it or not, a further plural marriage of Woodruff himself. And this is quoted there from Mormon Delusion, uh, right. which he has a lot of wonderful information in there. Mormon leaders teach that the Lord will never let any leader lead the people astray that God would remove him before he ever allowed that to happen. Yet truth, as it's uncovered, we know that Mormons have been led astray since Joseph Smith first lied about his visions yep. and his claim that God commanded Mormons to practice polygamy. Woodruff didn't even respect his own manifesto, we quote. Yeah, again, from the Mormon delusion, this is on page 204. More importantly, perhaps the church could also explain why, having confirmed the manifesto, Woodruff himself married his sixth plural wife, three then living, Lydia Mountford, on 19 August 1897, offshore on a ship, as if that made any difference in the law, some seven years after he had solemnly declared it against God's will and that he intended to obey the law. He was 90 years old when he married Lydia, oh boy, <laughs> who was 51 years his junior at age 39. He died just over a year later, 
A prophet is not a prophet when he claims God's commands in a revelation, something he subsequently deliberately and categorically disobeys. <laughs> and that's interesting, isn't it? it? Is. On September 14, 1886, the first presidency appointed Charles O. Card to find refuge for polygamists in Canada. Oh. The Canadian government told them that they didn't care if Mormon settlers were polygamous, but they could only have one wife in Canada. And the Mormons agreed to that condition. That right? On August 2nd, 1892, six years after they settled in Canada, the first post-manifesto Canadian polygamous marriage was performed despite their agreement not to take plural wives in Canada. And all the references, by the way, uh, th this book is filled with the references and the oh, footnotes and, sure. and all the, well that they supported, need to, huh? very well supported. And what's uh, amazing is that this first post-manifesto marriage was, knew the first presidency of the LDS Church in Salt Lake City, knew yeah, about it, knew, about knew it was going on, yes. So again, they were being deceitful. Another informative book about this topic, with all of the references and footnotes, is entitled Solemn Covenant, and it's written by B. Carmen Hardy, and it also has the references and footnotes and much information about these marriages after 1890. Now, the same behavior was repeated in Mexico. Polygamy was and is illegal in Mexico, but when Mormon polygamous settlers went to Mexico, the Mexican authorities told them they wouldn't bother Mormon polygamists unless a wife filed a complaint. Hmm. We have a quote. On 22 June 1897, the first plural marriages in Mexico since 1892 were performed by verified written authority of the First Presidency. They were the first of many performed by State President Anthony W. Ivins. He is the best-known officiator for post-manifesto polygamous marriages in Mexico. Now, this is quoted from, from uh, a, a book written by D Quinn, D also Quinn. by Jim Whitefield, and also by B. Carmen Harvey. So all of this information is out there to be found wow. and to be read. Second president after the manifesto was Lorenzo Snow, and he became president in 1898. He also preached that the church would never give up plural marriage, and he had also been taken to court for practicing polygamy. Now, many leaders had prophesied that the United States would be overturned for opposing polygamy, yet it was never overthrown at that time or later. A prophecy really isn't any good unless it takes place. We have a quote from Mormon Delusion. On 4 January 1893, the church managed to obtain an amnesty from then U.S. President Benjamin Harrison. All pre-1 November 1890 polygamists were pardoned on the condition they married no further women polygamously and also that they then cohabitated with one and only one wife in order to avoid prosecution. Polygamous marriages continued to be performed Children continued to be born into polygamy, and lies continued to be published to cover the ongoing deception by church leaders. On December 29th Typical. of 1898, President and polygamist Lorenzo Snow issued a statement that polygamy was banned, but that wasn't true. They just wanted to keep the government off their backs, so they continued to knowingly deceive the United States government. Plural marriages were still taking place and children were still being born to polygamous parents. Now, the third president after the manifesto was Joseph F. Smith. Uh, 
He also issued an official statement upholding the manifesto, while at the same time as that picture clearly shows, he was an active polygamist himself. We quote. Yeah, this is from a general conference report from April 6, 1904. Joseph F. Smith, President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, hereby affirm and declare that no such marriages have been solemnized with the sanction, consent, or knowledge of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I hereby announce that all such marriages are prohibited, and if any officer or member of the Church shall assume to solemnize or enter into any such marriage, he will be deemed in transgression against the Church and will be liable to be dealt with according to the rules and regulations thereof and excommunicated therefrom. And he signed it, signed Joseph, it, F. Joseph Smith. F. Smith, president now, of the church. This is in the conference of April 1904. If it really took place in 1890, why are they still making these statements? Yeah. They wouldn't have to continue That's to right. say them over and over again if it had actually taken place. And of course, this was a lie, and Joseph F. Smith knew it, and most of the church members also knew it. Hundreds of church-authorized polygamous marriages took place after the manifesto. Wow. When President Joseph F. Smith was under oath, being questioned by the United States Senate, he admitted he was not obeying the laws of the land by having five wives and 11 children after the manifesto. Smith admitted that he was not only breaking the laws of the land, but also the laws of his own church. Joseph F. Smith was arrested and charged on May 21st of wow. 1906. At his trial the following November, he pled guilty and was fined $300. And they say that it's around over $7,000 in today's money. Mm. But how true that is, I really yeah. don't know. But it was a lot of money then. And in all, he had a total of 13 children after the 18 manifesto by five different wives. We quote some more from page 219, Mormon Delusion. The prophet of God, the president of his supposed only true church, admitted under oath to the Senate that he not only willfully broke the law of the land, but that in so doing he also broke the law and command of God. How could he be a true prophet, seer, or revelator if he deliberately broke a law determined by the very God he was supposed to represent? Good question. That's a good question. Good question. And I would, I would wish that Mormons and polygamists would, you know, see those questions and answer them yeah. truthfully. Uh, God does not require lying to protect his kingdom. That just is not it, and yet they suspect that's what he does. The fourth president after the manifesto was Heber J. Grant. He was not a polygamist uh, when he became the president of the church, but he had been a polygamist with three wives. Grant had three children by his third wife after the manifesto. The surviving wife's name was Emily, and Grant writes this in his diary. <laughs> I spent the night at Emily's. I have not been living with Emily for a number of years on account of the laws against cohabitation, but I have felt for some time that it was not the right thing for me to fail to live with her as a wife, and I have made up my mind to change my manner of living in this particular, no matter if I do get into some trouble. I am sure that the Lord and my brethren will approve of my change, and I know that I will feel better satisfied with myself to say nothing of the better feeling that Emily will have to be treated in all respects as a wife. May 1897. May of 1897. So they didn't give up polygamy in the manifesto, did they? 
Now, uh, he's presuming upon the Lord. He's saying, oh, the Lord will forgive him and his brethren yeah. will understand and all that for breaking the law. And uh, so he's presuming upon the Lord. He's presuming upon the laws of the land. It's foolish to try and rely on feelings to determine right or wrong, which Grant was doing. He knew he was going against the Mormon God and against the manifesto, against Mormon authority and against the laws of the land, but he did it anyway. <laughs> And he was arrested in 1899, pled guilty, and fined $100, which again was much more money in those days than it is today. All these men we've talked about are Mormon heroes of today. Yeah. Did you know Grant was no. a polygamist? Well, I did know. I thought he was the last polygamist. Now, so I did. He was the last polygamist of right. the Mormon church, but did right. you know he was a polygamist when he was, well, he wasn't while he was president. You knew he had been, though. I, I guess I knew he had been. I that I had heard that he was the last of the presidents that had been a polygamist. That had been, and then he came out polygamy. and condemned polygamy in no uncertain terms in several talks. Oh, I didn't hear yeah. that. Yeah, one one viewer of our show wrote to me and said that that they appreciated the information that we give out and all that. And he says, and she says, and my mother wrote to Heber J. Grant and told him he was a hypocrite for condemning polygamy when he himself had been a polygamist. I, I uh, thought that was, of course, her mother was dead. It was been yeah. many years, but I thought that was interesting. Um, when Grant became Mormon president, his wife Emily was the only one that remained alive. Oh, I see. Um, so, but he had been, you know, a yeah. polygamist and didn't, right. did not renounce it. On page 231, Whitehead counts at least 120 children were born to faithful LDS polygamous men after the manifesto. Another quote. 262 authorized post-1890 manifesto Polygamous Mormon marriages have been documented, documented up until 1910. More than half served as missionary, church missionaries or had been called as branch presidents, bishops, stake presidents, or other high officers. This further evidenced not only the dearness of the principle, but the permission of its continued practice emanated from the highest councils of the church. Hardy, 1992. Of course, that's the yeah. Solemn Covenant, the right. book of Solemn Covenant. Now, Whitehead's book contains numerous charts and lists, and I, this is comprehensive. I'm telling you, it's got the list of every post-manifesto plural marriage, wow. the number of wives for each man, the number of children for each wife. And this is documented proof. I've got, the, again, the footnotes are all there, that the LDS church leadership just cannot be trusted to tell the truth either then or now. <laughs> LDS Church historian D. Michael Quinn writes this. All First Presidency members either allowed or authorized new plural marriages from 1890 to 1904 and a few as late as 1906 and 1907. Wilford Woodruff personally approved seven new plural marriages to be performed in Mexico he delegated George Q. Cannon, his first counselor, to give approval for plural marriages from 1892 to 1898. That approval was in the form of written letters. Joseph F. Smith, in 1896, as a counselor, he performed in the Salt Lake Temple a proxy plural marriage for Abraham Cannon, which had been approved earlier by the First Presidency. Smith instructed Seymour B. Young of the First Council of 70 to perform two plural marriages in Mexico. George Q. Cannon personally authorized new plural marriages performed in Mexico, Canada, and the United States from 1892 until his death in 1901. 
This included plural marriages performed for three of his sons and three of his nephews. So it's just a joke to hear them say that the, the, the LDS, this right. disclaimer that the LDS banned, outlawed, d disallows polygamy since 1890. But like uh, you said, just lying for the Lord just, is just uh, it's, commonplace. Right, and, and all these people that you just read, all these presidents that performed and approved the plural marriages and so on and so forth, they would, they would marry them in Mexico, live <laughs> there for a while, and then come back to the United States thinking that they had, you know, over... Yeah. Smarted, outsmarted somebody, and they would do that with Canada. Some of them would stay there and live and in then, the other countries. And then come down. And 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 that. And so now there's Mexico polygamous colonies, and there's Canadian polygamous colonies because the Mormons did it. They started it. They they are connected with all of these polygamy groups. And this is all documented historical records. One final quote from the Mormon delusion. It's long, but it's good. No one has ever explained why the supposedly most correct book ever written, the Book of Mormon, specifically condemns outright the practice of polygamy, which Joseph Smith fully embraced shortly after he had written it. Orson Pratt identified that the Book of Mormon forbids polygamy. The Book of Mormon, therefore, is the only record professing to be divine, which condemns the plurality of wives as being a practice exceeding ab exceedingly abominable before God. Lest I get accused of taking that quote out of context, Pratt goes on to try to quantify why they practiced it in the 1800s, he continues. But even that sacred book makes an exception in substance as follows, except I, the Lord, command my people, from the Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, 351, on the 24th of July, 1859. Certainly, if it is scripture, this does not mean that the Lord would then actually later command a people to do something that he here categorically states is an abomination to him. He simply says that it could only be practiced if he commanded it, and as it is an abomination to him, he clearly never would. Asking people to accept that something which is categor categorically an exceeding abomination to the Lord could somehow later actually be commanded of him is a bit far-fetched, to say the least. <laughs> and, you know, that's something that we've been talking about f very often on, <laughs> yeah. on our program, is right. why if God is, is, has called it an abomination and condemned it, how can they say he's turned around and commanded it? Yeah, it, God it, doesn't it, change. In the <laughs> Book of Mormon, it was a sin for David and and um, Solomon. and Solomon to have their wives in the Doctrine and Covenants. It was a blessing for them to have all those wives. How yeah. can that be? It's, it's so contradictory. It is, and I don't know why a Mormon, why Mormons cannot see that. A polygamist <laughs> should see it as see it. well, no, because it, if it's condemned by God, it, he certainly is not going to command it. Yeah. It just can't be done. And the question that he asked, why would God command something that he's categorically uh, called an exceeding abomination? Uh, it's a question we've asked for many years. If any of our viewers has a, a um, valid answer to that valid question, we'd sure like to hear what it is. So, the LDS Church did not give up polygamy in 1890. They did not give up polygamy in 1904. In fact, they still believe in it. Yeah. And they just set it aside. Thank you, Earl, for your <laughs> Thank help. Thank you. 
1 John 2.21 tells us that no lie comes from the truth. So why is Mormon history paved with lies and deceit? Why is contemporary Mormonism steeped in lies and denials of truth? Does God need people to tell lies to protect him or his kingdom? Does God just wink or shrug his shoulders every time they lie about him and who he is? No. At judgment, every single lie will be made known and will be judged accordingly. And so we urge all of our viewers who cling to Mormon doctrine to check it out. Because the truth can stand any test you give it. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.